I guess if you had to put together a playlist for Lent, that would be tops on the list, right? Oh, that's right. Number one, <laughs> indeed. Miss Rachel, how are you? I am well, Cheryl. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Fine. We've been thinking about you. Extra busy time of year. When is it not a busy time? No. I know. We laugh when we say, oh, the summer will be the slow time, no, right? No. And really, is there a slow time? I don't think no, so. No, no. We were saying we haven't spoken with you since since the March, uh, back in January. And uh, so there's, I'm sure there's a lot to cover today and talk about. But uh, how did everything in Washington go from your perspective? Everything seemed to have gone great. Now, you'll recall that I did not go down to Washington this year because we held quite a big and event. Freehold. A couple right. of events right. yeah. at the Coke Cathedral in Freehold. Yeah. However, we it was it was a remarkable day in Washington, D.C., according to those um, colleagues and um, contacts that I have who traveled down there. Our diocese really um, pulled it together. There were an incredible number of buses that went down, many of them full. Um, down to Washington, D.C. to um, march not to the Supreme Court this year, but to march to the Capitol building where we have our next battle, you know, for 50 years. Mm -hmm. We um, were fighting that fight to overturn Roe, which just was an egregious decision that was really made up. Um, You know, it was was nothing nothing about a right to abortion Mm -hmm. was embedded in that 14th Amendment and right to privacy. And so finally that was overturned, so now they march to the um, Capitol building where, you know, we still have serious issues um, regarding abortion, especially regarding the legality of the abortion pill, mailing it through the mail across state lines without seeing a doctor, things like the Hyde Amendment that is so important to maintain because that's what's protecting our federal dollars from going toward paying for abortions. And so we saw a big battle right there. So I was really, I was really grateful for all the people that traveled down to D.C. Um, to stand for life together with the tens of thousands that came it really was a remarkable turnout, especially in a year where, like, nobody really knew what was going to happen this year. Were people all going to stay in their own states? Right. Were they going to travel down? But it was a remarkable event. Mm. And as you say, the diocese also had a very special event that same day at the Co-Cathedral St. Robert Bellarmine in Freehold, which we broadcast. Uh, and uh, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that was, again, another remarkable event. So on the same day that the people from our diocese showed up and traveled down to D.C., we had a record number of people show up for the Mass for Life with Bishop at the Co Cathedral. Um, Monsignor Sam Siriani, who's the pastor there at, the, at St. Robert Co Cathedral, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he estimated about 700 or maybe more than 700 mm-hmm. people came to the Mass at 11 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. It's a work day, it's right? Amazing. We amazing. had a multi generational group of people that came. There were babies there, there were high school students there, there were older people there, there were people from every walk. We had non Catholics there, we had um, Christian supporters of, of um, pregnancy centers there, all together in solidarity and prayer for to, to uphold the, the sanctity of all human life. It was remarkable. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bishop's homily was off the chart. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really encourage. All of you, if you didn't, if you weren't able to be there, and you um, are interested to hear Bishop's homily, uh, pretty much everything I talk about today, you'll be able to find on the website that I maintain, which is Diocese of Trenton. Uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, excuse. <laughs> Diocese of Trenton. org slash respect dash life dash ministry. And if you if you visit that site looking for something and you don't find what you're looking for, all of my contact information is on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going back to Bishop Homily, 
um, our wonderful multimedia department live streamed the whole mass and then um, kind of clipped out Bishop's homily um, so that people could hear that. And uh, it's remarkable. I mean, the feedback on his homily was incredible. People were feeling like a new sense of exuberance and enthusiasm. And I'm telling you, in a state like New Jersey with what's going on yes. in you know, increasing permissiveness for abortion. Right. Um, it's 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 a time when you would think people would feel a little beaten down, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, that was not the case. Mm-hmm. It was, and even our speaker Charlie Camosi, in the beginning of his talk, he said, "I don't know about you guys, but I want to run through a wall for that bishop." After hearing <laughs> that homily, he said it's going to be a tough act to follow. You know, for yeah. his talk yeah. that that followed in the seminar um, that we had after the mass. So I would encourage everybody to go listen to Bishop homily mm-hmm. uh, from that January twentieth event. And is part of the seminar there as well uh, on the lawn? The seminar, so we sold out. Uh, we, we had room for about 200 people. We actually pushed it to about 210 or 215. We sold out before our registration deadline. And um, this concept, the concept that we had about pulling people together for the seminar went beyond the normal kind of audience that we usually seek uh, for a pro-life event. And we really uh, intentionally invited many people who are involved in other ministry work that are, are more considered social concerns and social justice work. Um, people from food pantries, St. Vincent de Paul societies, we had Catholic charities there. Um, so it was, a, it was a very diverse, we had Holy Innocence Society, they care for um, our, our Catholic constituents that have intellectual disabilities. Mm. Um, we had a broad range of constituencies there because we really want to develop a culture of life in our church and in our parishes. And to build a culture of life, it really is the work of the whole church. Um, and to kind of just try to segment um, our population out according to different areas of the culture of life, it has a tendency to push ourselves into kind of like silos, and we don't see the connectedness of mm. the work that we do. Mm. Um, and by drawing together this this diverse audience uh, intentionally, it really um, it opened the eyes of a lot of people, a lot of the Aren't pro-lifers hearing the stories of the people that are caring for the poor because mm-hmm. um, we had the opportunity for table discussions as well, and then for those that care for the poor to hear more about the issues related to not only abortion but end-of-life issues as well. Although today was focused a little bit more on the abortion issue as we had it on the day of the March for Life, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know some of the comments that came out um, were just like people felt like it was a shot of adrenaline for them. Mm-hmm. Being together with that mix of people really opened their eyes, and they were anxious to get back to their parishes and talk to others about what they had heard and the new seeds of um, ministry work that were being planted that day. You know, our speaker, Dr. Charlie Camusi, uh, really did a remarkable job, I think. Um, you know, he opened up talking about the Church's longstanding um, teaching about the sanctity of life, all the way back to the Didache, that ancient document, like the ancient catechism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he talked about the work of some more recent um, bishops and cardinals, um, Cardinal Bernadine from the 1980s, and his, you know, how he uh, was a staunch pro-life advocate across the spectrum of, of ages, mm-hmm. and into, you know, all our popes, since John Paul II, Pope Paul mm-hmm. VI, Pope Benedict. It was very, very, a very, very rich, but really accessible talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, he talked about various other things, too, and drew us into the complexity of the decision for an abortion and the different social structures, the different um, difficulties people have in poverty and some health care issues, all of these obstacles that women and families that are in um, 
experiencing a difficult pregnancy or an unexpected pregnancy, these obstacles often make them feel coerced into the abortion decision. Mm -hmm. And uh, he opened our eyes to how we need to think a little bit differently. We kind of have to realign our thinking a little bit so that we can open the doors Mm -hmm. um, to people, maybe through legislative action, maybe through our work in ministries and churches, Mm -hmm. to make sure that the choice for life is accessible for everyone. It's it's almost, I was going to say, it's almost as if God knew that his talk was going to focus on all those things, the many levels, the complexities. And what did you do but answer Jesus's call to cast out the net and bring in all those variety of ministries, not just those that are standing in front and praying in front of the abortion mill. I mean, there's so many that are... um, a part of pro-life, as you say, ministering to the poor or caring for the babies afterward or helping the unwed mothers. It just really sounds like, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. We need all of these people on board in our pro-life community. Right. That's right. And it's not like everybody has to do the same work. Um, mm-hmm. But we to see the interconnectedness, like I've mentioned this before on the segment, um, but where we're seeing a big um a big kind of inroad in that interconnectedness is those particularly St. Vincent de Paul uh, conferences that we have in so many of our parishes here in the Diocese of Trenton, um, where they already have a structure set up to help their neighbors in need. Um, But by identifying that particular neighbor that might be that girl or that woman who thinks she might be pregnant or is pregnant and is struggling, you know, how can we reach out to her? She's a neighbor in need as well, as well as the rest of the family, you know, and and we want to encourage the fathers, too, in, in all of this, that they have a say, that they have a right to um, to try to find resources to help the woman in their life who is experiencing a pregnancy. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know what, this, this whole um, event was spirit-driven. Um, we prayed a lot over what we should do, how we should do something, if we should do something on the day of the march. And, um, you know, you can't go wrong if you're following the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Right? That's right. We're talking with Rachel Hendricks, Director of Respect Life Ministries right here in the Diocese of Trenton. So, Rachel, uh, this beautiful season of Lent come, that we're in now, is there anything in particular that you want to make aware to our listeners or things they can do, uh, maybe some events they can attend or opportunities for them to get involved? Yeah, so from the um, Respect Life perspective, uh, the 40 days of Lent are a time for us to come together and pray for the unborn, to pray for these moms to pray for families that are in need, right? Um, And we are fortunate to have organizers in two locations for the 40 Days for Life campaign. Um, Some of your listeners, I'm sure, are aware of 40 Days for Life. It's a campaign that was started many years ago, um, and the campaign is focused on three things, focused on prayer for the end of an abortion, fasting to end abortion, and also public witness at the abortion centers. So, a lot of what the um, 40 Days for Life organizers do is they really want to encourage people to sign up for a time slot, a one-hour time slot once a week, um, where you would go to one of the two abortion clinics that are identified that are organized, where this is organized, where you would be ensured that you would not be alone. Um, You'll be there with other prayer partners. They have kind of rules for engagement and to keep everybody safe and know what they're legally allowed to do. And it's always very peaceful. Um, and people go to these abortion clinics to pray. Um, There's more that you can do if you either, maybe you're a little bit hesitant 
to go to abortion clinics if you've never done that before, or if you're homebound or not able to go because you have babies at home or whatever your life situation is. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but first, I'll let you know the two locations for the 40 Days for Life campaigns. One is in Shrewsbury, New Jersey, which is um, in Monmouth County. This Planned Parenthood is located on Newman Springs Road there. Mm-hmm. And um, the organizers for 40 Days for Life there have uh, kind of a table for you to uh, look at what times are available, when other, prayer, when other people will be there praying. And um, if you're interested in getting involved or just finding out more about praying at the Planned Parenthood in Shrewsbury, you can go to 40daysforlife.com slash Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury is S-H-R-E-W-S-B-U-R-Y. That's 40daysforlife.com slash Shrewsbury. Is that the number? Is that, num- is that the number 40 or is it spelled out? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's 40. Four okay, zero. Four zero mm-hmm. days for life. Yeah, good mm-hmm. point. Um, so people can go right there and find out all about it. Um, and if you feel called, pray about it. If you feel called, you can sign up for a time slot, bring a friend or two if you want, but you'll be able to see on the kind of the table that's there with all the time slots, you'll be able to see where other people are plugged into the, um, to the prayer times. And the other site is in Cherry Hill, which is just outside the Diocese of Trenton in Camden County. But we have many people um, who are very involved in praying down there at Cher- the Cherry Hill Women's Center. And if you are live, live closer to that area and want to get involved, you can go to 40daysforlife.com slash Cherry Hill. Mm-hmm. That's one word, one word, Cherry Hill. Okay. And you can find out all that's going on there, when their vigil hours are for prayer. They have a very robust group of people that fill all the time slots, so there'll be no problem finding a convenient time slot that has other people there, too. And Claire Housen, she's the um, organizer there. Her phone number and email are on that 40daysforlife.com site. If you have any questions, you can just reach out to Claire. But I would, I would encourage people. I totally get for some people if they've never done this before, if they've never gone to pray in an abortion clinic. It's a deeply emotional thing to do. Um, but some people might be hesitant. I would give them two things to think about. One, perhaps you can drive to the clinic during one of the times when the um, vigils are going on and maybe Park across the street, both, both the Planned Parenthood in Shrewsbury and the Women's Center in Cherry Hill have other businesses all around them. I would encourage you to go park your car and pray in your car. Mm, and and you just wouldn't watch. Have the, mm-hmm. You wouldn't have the kind of um, maybe anxiety or you're a little bit nervous about it, but you can just sit in your car like everybody else does pulling up to these businesses and pray and spend some time thinking about what's happening in this clinic and how our prayers are needed. The other thing you can do is pray at home. I remember the first time I knew about 40 Days for Life, I had like three or four babies at home. Maybe I was pregnant at the time. Mm. It's hard to get out of the house. Yeah. So I put little sticky notes all around my house that said 40 days. And they would just be reminders for me to pray and fast and do what I could from home. And Very so that's good. a great way to be part of this campaign as well. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, Rachel, again, we want to thank you for all you do uh, here in the diocese with respect to Life Ministries and also now for being a part of our domestic church media family uh, on these uh, last Fridays of the month to share all the good news. So uh, have a blessed, well, we'll talk to you. We'll, we'll, we'll still be in Lent next time we talk with you. So That's right. That's <laughs> I right. Think. We'll or check will it, in. will it be good Friday? I don't know. We'll see. But anyway. We'll, we'll stay in touch. Oh. Thank I you. For, we'll be, oh, yeah. Well, March 31st, I think. Oh, right? oh that's Radiothon. But you can stop yeah. by. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll stay in touch. All right. Very good. That's an invitation. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. We'll talk about that. Thanks, Rachel. God bless you. We appreciate you being here Thank today. Thank you so much.
All right. God bless. Thanks. Bye-bye.